Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN Live from the new E&B Granite Studio at the Sin Team Community Ice Center. Excited to be getting close to the NHL's restart. We're out here where the Blues are getting going with their training camp. But right around the corner this Friday night, we'll have Cardinals baseball back in our lives, Jamie oh, Rivers. baby. And we are looking forward to that, getting things going via the Browning Group and Celebrity Line with Buster Olney. He's a baseball writer for ESPN.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Buster underscore ESPN. Buster, we always appreciate the time, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, getting excited. You know, uh, I'm uh, after being locked down for, for months, it was kind of cool to make a reservation for a hotel down in Washington, going to drive down there. We're doing uh, the first broadcast out of the gate, Yankees and Nationals from the ball field in there, and uh, and then driving home and doing games from home. So we got three three broadcasts in four days starting on Thursday. Very excited. We're, we're looking forward to watching it, Buster. Now, I was reading your column last week, and you wrote this sentence that really got us thinking. If the Dodgers are the most likely National League team to make a big move before the August 31st trade deadline, St. Louis might be the second most likely given the franchise's financial stability and the market opportunities that will become apparent. That was your quote from your column last week. I wanted to get your comments on that because we, our minds went wild here in St. Louis, <laughs> of course, when we read that. What were you kind of in the back of your mind thinking as you wrote that? Well, and, and, and look, there's no question that there are going to be some teams that are financially debilitated to the point that, you know, there's, there's talk among teams, you know, about whether some teams are going to survive this period of time, especially if this drags on in 2021. But then there are also a handful of teams that are going to be in a position to, to take advantage of buy opportunities. Think of it like, you know, uh, one of the uh, minority owner men mentioned to me the other day, if you were to compare it to like a, you know, a, a land situation or land developer back in 2008 when we had the economic collapse and a lot of people didn't have money, you know, if you were a developer and you were able to buy at that time as prices plummeted, there were some tremendous uh, you know, tremendous opportunities, and I think that's going to be the case for clubs with financial stability. I hear the Minnesota Twins are mentioned. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays actually are mentioned a lot. Uh, of course, you got the Yankees. I do believe that when the new Mets ownership is put in place, they're going to uh, be probably looking to announce their presence with authority. And then you have teams like the Cardinals and Dodgers. So there are definitely teams that are going to be in a position to, to make moves. 
blockbuster if the Cardinals are to make uh, a big move before the August 31st trade deadline. What player do you think that they might target? Obviously, big conversation here for us is Arnado at third base. And my partner here, my co-host, is just in love with the possibility of Francisco Lindor. And based on the fact that you're talking about maybe getting a little bit more bang for your buck because the Cardinals have the financial ability to do it and maybe get, you know, not bottom day prices, but certainly get a guy at a, at a, for a good cost. What do you think the Cardinals would really realistically look to add? Yeah, and and look, I want to make clear this is speculation because uh, obviously it depends on <laughs> on uh, where the you know where where the needs develop as we go. Uh, you know where injuries manifest. I mean, where even COVID manifests, for example, that might might affect what some teams are doing. Uh, but I'd say this: if they want Nolan Arenado, there's going to be a tremendous opportunity for them at some point. Um, if that's the guy that they're targeting, because if you guys remember when Alex Rodriguez signed his deal with the Texas Rangers back in the winter of 2000, you know, 10 years, 252 million, and the owner was, you know, moving ahead, going, woohoo, we got the best player in the game, and within two years, his contract was unbelievably and impossibly onerous for that franchise, and they had to dump him. And when they eventually moved him to the Yankees. They ate about 40% of the money owed to them. It would not at all surprise me if a, if a similar situation happens with Arnato. Um, you know, not only is it, during the winter time we heard noises about he, how he wanted to go play for a winner. Uh, his contract now, at that price, I think he's owed something in a range of $230 million. That is an incredibly outdated contract now with the way that the financial revenues are going to go. And so at some point, it wouldn't shock me if you see the Rockies just looking to dump as much debt as possible, uh, basically go to other teams in the way that the Rangers did and say, what do you give them for us and how much are we going to have to eat? So that that is definitely one to watch there. And the Lindor one's a little bit more complicated because I do think the Indians, knowing how they operate, they're going to want equal value in return form in terms of uh, trade. But the problem is for everybody in baseball right now, because nobody knows where the numbers are going to fall, uh, you know, what, uh, what kind of a, a rollback you get in, in baseball uh, in, the, in, the, in the landscape. Um, I think setting trade prices for elite players like Lindor, where it's just not a, a financial dump the way that the Arenado thing would be, that might be more difficult before the deadline. I've talked to Indian sources who think it's more likely that they wind up dealing him this winter. We're talking with Buster Olney. He's a baseball writer for ESPN.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Buster underscore ESPN. I wanted to ask one follow-up on Lindor there, Buster, if you don't mind. Do you think that based on what he sees this winter, he will be more likely to test his luck until the following year when he's supposed to hit free agency than if he is traded, let's say, this winter, re-signing yeah. right then and there? He, I would seriously doubt he's going to re-sign this winter. Um, I think he'll definitely. First off, he's definitely going to test the market, and it's going to behoove him to wait. And in fact, you know, I wrote uh, in my column yesterday that you know we've seen not last winter, but the previous winters before that, these winter slogs where guys like Harper and Machado took months and months. Guys, you ain't seen nothing yet compared to what's coming this winter in terms of a slog, because of course, what are so many teams going to be waiting to see? Is there a vaccine? Are there going to be fans in the stands? And so what I'm hearing from teams and from agents is, you know what? When we get to November and December, you're not going to have a bunch of teams stepping out, paying huge prices without knowing 
exactly, um, you know, or have a better sense of what the revenues are going to be next year. So it could drag out and drag out and drag out. And if you're Lindor, who's going to be the primary free agent in the fall of 2021, you want that to, to, to play out. You want, obviously, you want there to be a vaccine. It helps your market value. Um, and I suspect that, the, you know, they're going to, Lindor's going to want to wait and see what happens with Mookie Betts and George Springer, JT Realmuto. Uh, during the course of this winter, there are just a lot of dominoes to fall for Lindor before we get to his situation. But he's obviously someone who I think the Mets, the Yankees, uh, you know, the Cardinals, anybody who wants an elite player, they're going to be focused on him. What do you think this means for a guy like Mookie Betts, Buster? Because, I mean, he, he's at the top of the market, arguably yep. one of, if not the best player, top three at a, on a conservative level in all of baseball. We've seen that sometimes the market skews towards like the middle player is going to get squeezed down. Do you think this is going to be the case even for a guy like Mookie Betts this offseason? Yeah, this winter, the, uh, you know, the journeyman players, they are going to get absolutely destroyed um, in, in the marketplace. It's going to be, it's going to take your breath away. Uh, you know, normally you'd see a veteran starting pitcher could get one year and $10 million. Well, maybe this winter that rolls back to one and three. Um, it, it's just because, you know, teams, as they make an adjustment to the revenues they lost this year, they can't do it with young players. They wouldn't do it with young players because they're cheap. They have existing contracts, which they have to pay. So who's going to get hammered? It's the guys in the middle. Mookie Betts, I think, is going to be affected to, you know, to some degree. We talked about him going into spring training as being maybe the, the second $400 million player behind Mike Trout. Just about everybody I talk to says now, says, no, that's not going to happen. And he might even struggle to get to $300 million. But he's an incredibly respected player. And I mentioned before how there will be some teams that will be bidders. The Giants are going to be in a great position with money coming off their payrolls in, recent, uh, in, the, in the years ahead. Uh, I mentioned the Mets, who I would you know, install as an early favorite to sign bets. Knowing how, as we saw with the Dodgers, when uh, you know that team was sold to the Guggenheim Group, they wanted to go in there and make big moves, and they did that. That would be the opportunity for the Mets owner. You know, the Blue Jays would certainly be that. But I do think that for Mookie, for JT Real Muto, for uh, George Springer, the numbers are going to roll back to some degree. We're talking with Buster Olney, baseball writer for ESPN.com at Buster underscore ESPN on Twitter. Buster, you just said the Toronto Blue Jays there at the end of your last response. And I've got to ask, what is the plan for the Blue Jays now moving forward <laughs> since the Canadian government has basically said, eh, not this year? It's unbelievable. Um, it, it's unbelievable that we're, you know, three days from the start of this season and we don't know where they're going to play. Um, you know, I had uh, Gregor Chisholm, who covers the Blue Jays, on, on my podcast this morning. Um, he, he covers them for the Toronto Star, and he said that over the weekend when the the idea of playing in Toronto evaporated because the Canadian government and, and wanting to protect their citizens, um, they shut that down, and immediately the Blue Jays' focus began to turn to Buffalo. But players on that team, according to Gregor, made it clear to the Jays, look, we really want to play in Major League ballparks, and there are questions about the lights in Buffalo and whether or not they're Major League standards. Um, one possibility is to ask the Pittsburgh Pirates, hey, uh, when you guys are on the road, can we use your place as a home park? Um, and according to Gregor, there are only six dates where there's potentially a problem. 
So, you know, maybe they the Blue Jays would play the home games that they can't play in Pittsburgh on those dates. Maybe they move them to another city like Detroit. Uh, you know, maybe they wind up playing doubleheaders with the Pirates. But welcome to baseball in 2020. <laughs> we don't know where a team is going to be playing. Uh, a Major League Baseball team, we don't know where they're going to be playing just hours away. I guess my only follow-up to that, Buster, is did they not know that this was going to be a possibility? Like, I I get that this is late notice, right? Three days before the start of the season. That's difficult to figure out what your contingency plan is. But how did they not have a contingency plan? Well, they did. um, You know, they had talked about Buffalo, um, you know, but that was looked at as a safety net. And I can tell you from talking with Blue Jays officials, you know, as they went through this process, they were getting winks and nods from the – uh, you know, from the city government in Toronto saying, yeah, we're, we, you know, we're going to be good with you. And in fact, they gave it the okay. But let's face it, um, as the, especially as the coronavirus numbers jump here, and that's gotten a lot of attention at the federal level in Canada, suddenly the idea of having a bunch of ball players coming from states where you've had, you know, uh, those big numbers, that becomes a really dicey political issue. <laughs> Because you don't want to have an outbreak and, and have people say, great, it, the people who are responsible for that outbreak <clears throat> were a bunch of non-essential uh, baseball players coming over. And so that's what happened. They actually felt like they got to about the five-yard line, and then uh, the federal government in, in Canada pulled out the rug from underneath them. And i got to say, if, if, that, uh, if the situations were switched, I'd want the same thing to happen in the United yeah. States. Yeah, Buster, the follow-up to all this is – it, well, obviously, the Blue Jays can't play in Toronto. So now that team and all the players and staff and whoever travels with that team, they've got to live somewhere else now. And how will this be handled by the Toronto Blue, Blue Jays? Will Major League Baseball kick in at all to provide uh, you know, short-term housing or whatever you want to do? I mean, this is obviously a huge inconvenience for the players. It really is. Uh, and I... I can't give you like a financial breakdown if Major League Baseball is willing to throw in some money. I would say this, that the Rogers uh, company, which is the parent company of the Blue Jays, that's an incredibly wealthy corporation. And and from what I understand from agents who represent players who play on that team, they say the Blue Jays organization has done a great job, like bent over backward, trying to make it as – you know, as nice and livable as possible. Up in Skydome, they were having, like, movie night up on the screen <laughs> after workouts. They were giving access to players to, uh, you know, some of the suites, trying to make them more comfortable. Again, it, trying to make the, the best of a, a bad situation and, and a situation no one saw coming. But it's it's going to be difficult. They wind up playing in Buffalo or they wind up playing in Pittsburgh. Um you know they're gonna they're gonna have to basically be uh, I think locked down, and, and there's no question, and no one's gonna feel sorry for them in the current national context here, but they're gonna be at a competitive disadvantage, not having access to their facilities, not you know not having the, the training room that they know, not having the workout places that they know, um, you know instead it's like a roving band of ball players, and that's really unfortunate because they actually have hope to be good this year. Final question for Buster Olney of ESPN.com. We've been paying attention and tracking your percentage chance that the baseball players and the baseball baseball as a whole is able to finish this season, Buster. You originally said 0%. I think you moved it to 5%. <laughs> Where are you at at this point in terms of the percentage chance of baseball being able to pull this off? Yeah, when we got started with the summer camp, <clears throat> what I was saying was 0% chance to get through the whole season, 5%. 
to uh, get to the start of the season. And I, I kind of look at that as being like a hurricane projection <laughs> in which direction it's going to go. Because what I spend my days doing is call around to baseball executives, team executives, how's it going? And back at the beginning of this, I was hearing Swiss cheese. This is a disaster. It's false hustle. And in the last week, more and more, the club officials I'm talking to are like, you know what? Our guys are, like, doing a good job with this. Our guys are sticking together. Like, our guys are on a roll with this thing. Now, the X factor is uh, the fact that teams now have to travel. But they obviously, at this point, the chances of starting are 100%. uh, And the chances of getting through it, I'd I'd put that somewhere in the range of 40 to 50 because you know that it's – That's a big jump, Buster. Well, and I tell you why. Um, First off, if – Someone were to, uh, uh, you know, especially a, a player of prominence were to get sick, it would complete or worse, it would get, it would completely change the conversation. But the other thing too is, and, and this has been pointed out to me by team executives, by agents, you know, this is a Major League Baseball is a business, and they are going to plow through. So even if, you know, for example, a team in the National League Central lost seven players in one burst to to coronavirus. The feeling among teams is Major League Baseball is going to go, keep going, keep going, keep going. Draw off your 60-man pool, do what you got to do, but we're going to, we're going to play because there's so much money at the end of the rainbow in terms of the, you know, the postseason television revenue. So I think the one thing that could derail it would be uh, an illness of, of enormous prominence. He's Buster Only. You can find his work on ESPN.com. We'll finally be able to watch him on baseball games this week on ESPN and give him a follow on Twitter always at Buster underscore ESPN. Buster, we always appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks so much for hopping on with us this morning. All the best to you and your family. Likewise, guys. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. That's Buster Only joining us here on 101 ESPN.